Podcast that leads a woman willing, willingly around the highways and byways of Monty Python. I think we were on the highway tonight. Definitely better than last week. Because I am Christopher, and this is the Mrs. Hi, I'm Fiona. Thank you for downloading this podcast. Downloading. 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 I like to download my podcast. Right. Yes, so better than last week. Better than yes. the last episode that we saw, because it yes. might not be last week. People might binge these. Every day. Well, the way that you binge things. Very unhealthy way to watch, to consume culture, in my view. But anyway. We yes, should do it in a piecemeal fashion, you believe. With yes. A decent week in between, at least. Yes, that is the correct way to do it. Thank you, Stuart. Scottish Jesus. <laughs> so, what are you saying? Yes, yeah, generally, I enjoyed it. Okay. Some more than others, but mm-hmm. I thought it was a good episode and good to pick up after a bit of a lull in the last episode. Um, but you start off straight away, no credits yet, with John Cleese appearing to me to be speaking a foreign language. Well, I think he was learning Chinese. But instantly I was nervous that it was of a time. And we oh, going to head into a way, uh, stereoty- mm-hmm. being stereotyping people um, and that kind of thing. But it was, was there anything different timey in this episode? Well, there was a bit about... Chinese communism. Well, yeah, but but there wasn't any particularly unfortunate. I don't think so. No. No, I didn't think so. Uh, well, might get to it, but yes. Yeah, so he's learning Chinese, Japanese, whatever mm-hmm. it was, and then to no real purpose. It never really no, came that, back. That might be a theme for some of these. Okay. And then uh, to no real purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, Eric Idle came in through the window. <laughs> That's true. To no real purpose. No, it didn't. Yeah. It didn't link to anything. Mm-hmm. Though it did remind me of that wonderful play you were in, Noises Off, when you climbed in oh, the window. Oh, came in the window, yeah. It made us laugh. Um, and then there was a bit of a joke. Well, the Cleese was telling Idle off for his bad advertising. And he said it was so bad that the man shot himself. And Idle said, badly. He said, no, pretty no, well. Pretty well. And lifted his leg. And then lifted up a placard that said, joke. Yes. Which is a bit like them feeling they can get away with doing something maybe a tad inappropriate by just putting joke on the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that's what they were trying to do, get away with it? I don't know, because there's bits later on, which I think are a bit are stronger, that, that didn't get the joke, you know, anything yeah. like that. Telegraph, this is a joke, by the way. Yeah. Uh, but it may have been something to do with that. Especially what the do you think sketch. of that as a... Device. Oh, this as uh, a device picking up the the Is joke it, yeah. thing. Uh, I am familiar with it, but I wonder if I'm familiar with it from this sketch. They haven't done it before, have they? Do, do oh, you don't think, think it comes up again? But I don't, they might come up again. I'm not sure. Mm. Um, I have certainly been in a play in which something similar was done, um, but uh, which could have been a reference to this, or can, could just be a, a thing that's generally known about, you mm-hmm. know, a sort of meme, if you like. Um, yeah, what do you think of it? 
I'm not sure I think it it makes me think well of them. Well, is this the, are you talking about the idea of getting away with material that you wouldn't always get away with? No, by I just giving think, a nod and a wink. No, I just think that if they have to lift up a placard saying joke, then that doesn't automatically make it funny. But might it make a joke that isn't otherwise funny funny? Um, I don't think, I think if they need to do that, then they should just cut the whole thing out. Okay. So there we go. Obviously, you don't have to feel half an hour of television. <laughs> <laughs> now, Eric Idle's, well, Cleve kept calling him Frog. Yes, Frog. And he was trying to correct him, and he was told to shut up. Was it just S Frog? Because he was cut off every time. So do you think it was actually longer than that? No, I don't think so. I think that's all he was saying was S Frog. Was his name? Yeah. Oh, that also went nowhere. That's true, it didn't go. The other thing about that sketch was, was there something, at one point John Cleese was over to a graph on the wall. About his sales go down. And was there something between John Cleese and the graph? Because he seemed to sort of step over something. Yeah, the dead body. Well, see, I, didn't, I, I, may, I must have looked Cause, away. Because he lifted up the leg when he said, too well. Ah, so he right, was lying okay. there the whole time. Okay, got it, got it. Because I mean, the whole thing was was very constrained yeah. physically because they had well, Michael yeah. Palin. The door opened and Michael Palin fell in. And yeah, was another there dead body. Yeah, the whole rest of the time, which is probably why. Well, Eric Idle could have come in that way, um, but uh, it was it was strangely sort of yeah. shot. But anyway, and then I thought I quite enjoyed the sketch, but then I thought the ending was. Really weak. But he was his father. He was his father, and your film won a prize. And that yeah. was just opening up to the link that was the next scene. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it didn't really go anywhere. It didn't, but, but you know... It, but it, the concept yeah. of him doing really bad advertising... And, a few and, laughs and the campaigns... But that could have been a much shorter, better sketch. It seemed to me that you... I think I was talking about before, as well as writing their own the stuff for themselves. They also sold stuff to, you know, the like the two Ronnies and that uh-huh. kind of folk. And it kind of struck me as like, this is a sketch that they could have sold if there wasn't a little bit too much. Uh, kind of then went a bit overboard with what with his advertising campaigns and the horrible things mm. that the coffees. It's like, well, you, the two Ronnies wouldn't have done that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but the, the sort of concept of the sketch was pretty much, mm. you know, there to be for selling. And, yeah, I can see that the, the film was just tacked on at the end to be a how do we get out of this into something else, because that is what we do. And then the film was a bit of, a bit like the opening uh, credits for Paul Duck. Yes, a bit of uh, nice Paul scenery, Wolf. yes. And then... Um, with a stuck record. With a stuck record. And then John Cleese came along now for something completely different, but he was stuck. Mm-hmm. And then a little it... Yes. No running up, just it's. That's all we've had this whole series is, is little it's. Well. You, you mention it every time as if you're expecting more. I don't think there's going to be much Well, more I'm disappointed. It. I quite okay. enjoyed the it's. All right. And then. The titles. Credits, the titles. And the titles skipped a little bit. Did they? Yes, they went back a few times. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I just thought, oh, this is going to happen throughout. But it didn't. No, they were quite restrained with it, yeah. I thought. They did come back a couple more times, but they were quite restrained with it, yep. Uh, 1929, Prime Minister's in, mm-hmm. um, the only joke was who's wearing win- women's underwear. Mm-hmm. When that was happening, that was sort of about 1929, and I worked out 
Well, that would have been like 40 years before that. Mm-hmm. So, 40 years before now, 2020, would be like Maggie Thatcher. Mm. Now, does Maggie Thatcher seem as long ago to us now as Ramsay MacDonald seemed to them in 1970? How would I be able to answer that? Oh, well, just, you know, how time can seem longer and shorter. The same period of time can seem longer and shorter than different times. felt... Their period to them felt the same as our period to us. Do you think? Yeah. Okay. Right, and that went into the... I quite like this one. This was the Exchange and Mark interview. And the the fact that the the editor of the... Everybody who worked at Exchange and Mark is obsessed with haggling over what what they're going to do. But I quite like... The fact initially, uh, Terry Jones, who was applying for the job, um, was confused. But then, as long as he was getting the job, he was happy to get involved and take his, and take his shoes off, shoes and, off yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, I quite enjoyed that. It was nice and short. It didn't mm-hmm. labour the point too much. I also like the fact that the animation interacted with the sketch. Yes, the the secretary was the cartoon, but mm-hmm. she was in another room, so that was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was a narrator that just said something about the international Chinese, Chinese communist conspiracy. conspiracy. So, and I thought this is great because so far there has been a link so far at this point that every sketch is about advertising to some extent. Well, I thought that. Well, obviously the advertising of the conquistador coffee was the. What about the prime minister in the underwear? Okay, not the prime minister in the underwear. Stage um, of But then the exchange of my advertising, obviously, um, you know, it was an advertising magazine. Mm-hmm. Then this was basically advertising American defence, as if American defence was something they could advertise to. Uh, smaller countries, of course, to some extent it is. Yeah, you know that that is what that is. And then advertising toothpaste. Yes, then Krell. advertising pr- petrol. Yeah, I like I like the fact that the um, miracle ingredient Krell was fraudulent. Like fraudulent. Like, yeah, yeah. And then shrill petrol. Uh, then unfortunately, the advertising um, link disappears because then we're into the uh, really obsessed murder mystery. Now. I quite enjoyed this. Mm-hmm. I think maybe not quite as much as you might. <laughs> because I because I enjoy both murder mysteries and the minutiae of railway timetables. Yes. <laughs> but I particularly enjoyed uh, Chapman's Lady Partridge. Yes, he was very. He thought, I thought he was very like the sort of early days of Dame Edna, before Dame Edna was yeah. Dame Edna, uh, when she was just Mrs. E- Mrs. Everidge. Um, he looked very like Barry Humphreys as as, as Edna Everidge as well. Um, yeah, and Michael Palin as Tony, the sort of that was a good character Claire as well. Um, and I liked him being caught out by the fact that they all knew he couldn't have been on that train because of X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. But sometimes that is what these murder mysteries revolve around. Yeah, so, ah, hang on. It turned out that train didn't stop there on that day because it was Sundays only, yes. as uh, Terry Jones's inspector uh, said. Uh, we then, I feel like, I thought this was quite a good link. We then went from that as if that was an excerpt from a playwright's, you know, play that a, mm. a programme was talking about. Um, and then John Cleese did a sort no, of... No, well, we have Terry Jones as a railway geek. Yeah, he was the writer of the, oh, of yeah. the, of the uh, play, Neville Shunt. And then we had John Cleese doing a sort of monologue. Narration. Uh, so... I thought for for the nonsense it was mm-hmm. very well done. Yeah. To be you can actually imagine the the style of show that would talk like that, and mm-hmm. it went on and on 
I don't know whether he had cue cards up in front of him or whether mm. he actually learnt it, but it was pretty good. There's at least one other thing that I know he does in, in Python, um, which is very similar to that, and you'll see it, you know, as, in time. Um, but yes, he is very good at that sort of just making nonsense seem like it's... Makes sense. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you had Palin mm-hmm. making a whole presenter. lot of, uh, yeah, the presenter making a whole lot of dentist slips. For before, just sorry, just before we get to that, because this was slightly before that, when they were speaking, when Palin was speaking about the John Cleese character, Gavin Millar, mm. Terry Jones did the extra R's. Did he? Yes, because it was like Gavin Millar, and then it cut Terry Jones, and he went, Arr. Oh, I hadn't clocked. All oh, right, okay. I wonder what you thought of that, but you obviously didn't clock it. Anyway, they were then speaking to another film director or a film director now. Mhm. Um. And yes, and he kept on. Now that went on for a bit, and I quite enjoyed. I didn't know why he kept on going talking about the dentist. Mhm. But Palin did that quite well in terms of seeming very naturally to say the wrong thing so mm. many times and just stop himself and all that. And then you saw. Um, Chapman as Martin Curry with the massive teeth. Yes. And this is why they're all doing it. But it turned out not that massive because when you saw excerpts from his films, they all starred actors with even more massive teeth. Oh, I just thought that was him insisting that everyone had big teeth. Which well, is it might have been. Uh, Terry Jones was suggesting. <laughs> I, I have to say, it went on a bit, but yeah. I thought it was kind of worth it for Graham Chapman trying to drink his glass of water. And then it cut back to him, and he was getting on his back, trying to get this water into his mouth to be a part of his very big, uh, very big teeth. Um, that then went, I thought, kind of... Um, a bit of a gear change here. No, I thought kind of, um, obviously, into a load of Vox Pops that were people who had different funny things about their appearance. So John Cleese had big ears uh. and that sort of thing. But, I mean, the funny things of the appearance died down quite quickly, and it yes. was just people being in the city 20 years yes. saying, I think that we can't ignore our poor, and I'm just greedy, and all this kind of mm-hmm. stuff. But I quite enjoyed, I think it was Chapman again, going, I've been in the city 20 years, and quite frankly, I'm lost. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. I was like a little bit of satire, John Cleese's character. A cold-hearted mm-hmm. bastard, a <laughs> conservative. Conservative, yeah, mm-hmm. Well, it's funny, you know, how, funny how some satire ages and some just doesn't. I know. Um, but, uh, you know how, yeah, you, you kind of know where the Pythons are politically. Well, <laughs> I think the Pythons might have moved about politically over the have years. Have they? Indeed, it's 50 years ago. Yeah. No, I mean, you mean them now are different. No. Way. No, I meant them as, as a group then. Right, they yes. were all. Equally left wing. Yes, they? well, I mean, they did that Labour Party um, oh, the, recruiting. Yeah, film, yeah, that's didn't true. They? Yeah. The uh, canvassing film, didn't they? Yes. Um, then yeah. we have the Crackpot Religions. Crackpot Religions, yes. Arthur, run by Arthur Crackpot. Uh, we've got a little uh, quick flash of, uh, literally a quick flash of Terry Gilliam as the nude organist. Oh, yes. And this one. Um, I did enjoy the prizes they could get, the three piece suite, the trolley. Though I quite like that um, tea trolley. Mm-hmm. Uh, three-piece suite, the caravan. The car- I thought the three-piece suite looked quite nice. The trolley looked quite good. The caravan looked really tatty, but I think it was meant to be good as well. I know, but it did remind me of those shows. Yes. And that's obviously as it's set up. Mm-hmm. Though you could win the, the Norwich 
uh, town city council, which was unusual. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you had Palin as the female contestant dressed up in yeah. sequins going, mm-hmm. I'm just happy to be here. But Cleese then, like, slapped her and stuff. Yeah. What was that? I don't really get why he but did he, that. Uh, well, he's done, I think, I think it's more about the sort of obsequiousness of game shows. Remember, there's an earlier one that was Take Your Pick where he was really horrible to Terry Jones as the contestant as well. Mm. I think it was, I think it was a comment on, on that. But was it meant to be a comment on these, uh, relig- religions are like that as well? They treat you really badly. Possibly. But you're possibly. just there to win the shit. Possibly. Um, now you had the Archbishop of Australia. <laughs> yes. This yes. was perhaps Rather a stereotypical. Can of Fosters and not mm-hmm. a proper Archbishop. I think that there could be some offence taken that. There. Yeah, but I, I, that, I, do you not think that the stereotypical facets of, I think the Australian character, the American character, uh, Scottish characters, Welsh characters, they're all acceptable. They, these are all the acceptable faces of racism. Do you think? Yeah. Nobody would get it. If, if anybody complained about that, folk would say, oh, come on, get over it. Well, I mean, I still don't like the fact that the Scottish people are always drunk. And... <laughs> Did you mean in reality? Or... <laughs> You're not helping. <laughs> I'm allowed. I'm, I'm, I'm the oppressed. You're the oppressor. You can't do it. <laughs> yeah. So yes, especially given that in our relationship. I know, as if I've got my Exactly. Anyway. So you're you're more Scottish because you know you don't like to spend the money. No. <laughs> or have Is that fun. offensive? <laughs> yes. I know I I revel in that, so I don't mind that. <sighs> um and then we had some Box box with Mr. Uh, Gumby and Smidge and Smidge Smudge one of the pay, uh, Palin is the Ken Shabby Shabby. This is like this bit becomes a sort of a Python greatest hit. It is, and the Nudge Nudge kind of does Nudge Nudge as well. Yeah. I quite enjoyed. I always enjoyed the Nudge Nudge and the Gumby banging bricks. <laughs> I believe I, I bang bricks and together. They were all people of the cloth. Oh, apart from John Lennon. Eric Idle was also John Lennon at one point. Yeah, I did see that, but it didn't yeah. explain itself too much. Well, it was all about peace, wasn't it? Oh, and yes. This was sort of at the peak of the John Lennon peace uh, mm-hmm. movement. Then we went on to naughty religions. John Cleese was a naughty bishop. Uh, oh, and we're the only one that does bodywork and all that kind of stuff. Oh, no, that was that was uh, no loads. questions asked religions. Yes, but there's loads of these. Yes, and loony religions. <laughs> I, thought, I thought these were quite funny. I thought they were good, yeah. Yeah. This I the sketch was generally quite good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Graham Chapman was a representative of the Catholic, the most popular religion. Um, but I didn't really understand what he is. This a Catholic? The it wasn't the Catholic. most popular religion. I think it was meant to be the Roman Catholics. Yeah, yeah. but I didn't understand the telephone call thing. Well, uh, the idea being that for all they, are, like, they essentially they have huge amounts of cash and they speculate oh, on the stock market. Oh, uh, was that what he was doing? That was what that was what the suggested there was. I thought it was betting on horses. No, no, because it was like Allied Brewers or something, wasn't it? Yeah, that he was. No, I think it was commenting on the huge amounts of wealth that yeah, religions okay. have. Um, and then we had a little bit more satire, quite hard-hitting satire, uh, in the cartoon religions because inside the very nice oh. cartoon vicar was the devil. It's the devil, yes. Um, and that then led to the uh, telephone poles that were uh, people being crucified. Mm. 
And then the devil himself popped up with a South African accent. Oh, was that one? Yeah, so, well, first of all, I thought it was maybe a stereotypical Jewish accent, but I think it was meant to be South African. Um, And interestingly, that little bit, cartoon religions, tended to be snipped out of of repeats. So it's quite rare for us in this lovely new restored uh, Blu-ray set to, to, to see that. Another bit, another bit of satire. Quite a bit of satire on this episode. Mm-hmm. We're still, you know, satirical a bit. Uh, then we were on to How Not To Be Seen. This went on a bit. But it was good. Well, I quite enjoyed trying to guess where they're going to pop up from. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're obviously um, blown up or shot or whatever. And then one of them learnt not to actually stand up when he was asked. That was quite funny. Mm-hmm. Um and I quite enjoyed when they blew up things, but when they just got to random houses mm-hmm. that the narrator was telling you, so-and-so's in here, so we'll blow it up, and this hit, we'll blow it up. I just thought that wasn't funny. Okay, it, was, it was like Later 10 seconds point. as well. Yeah. Um, and then Palin came on and said something about violence. We, we, the rest of it we had to stop because violence might distress the viewer, even though they'd been blowing up all these people. That was... Again, not very funny. And then there was the interview with the footballer. But there's now we were having people we've not got the ma- I, I quite enjoyed. They heard about the um, transatlantic tricycle. Transat- yes, which was effectively a tricycle converted into a boat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> quite yes. a comfortable boat at that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did enjoy the line, line, he's at our Durham studios, which is unfortunate because we were all in <laughs> London. London. Yeah. No, did we speak to him anyway? No. Um... And then we had the footballer who scored the six goals in the one <laughs> nil victory. Mm-hmm. Quite a nice one-liner there. Um, inside a cabinet. Because he was trying not to be seen. But then when he when they could hear him, they blew him up. Mm-hmm. And then we and had a musical performance. From some boxers. But people were trying not to be seen. Oh. Did you see? That, that. I quite like the fact that they committed to that. And they went quite right, a long well, way through yeah, the song. Right. And especially when the, the, the sort of backing singers came in and there was three boxes. Yeah. <laughs> that was rather good. And then, then I was a bit of playing with the form because we got Monty Python's Flying Circus Very all over again. Form. Yes. What did you think of that? Um, I, I, a helpful recap. <laughs> For those of us who are about to speak about it. Yes. What would you have thought if you'd been watching it as a television programme? That's a bit weird. That's a bit weird. Do you think you would have liked Monty Python's Flying Circus at the time? At what it was, age would I have... cutting hedge. What age would you suggest I was? I probably would have liked it more... When I was ten. <laughs> when I was, right, exactly. <laughs> um, I probably would have liked it more when I was younger than now. My age. Maybe Did you like, like it? 20. Did you like it when you were younger? Um... I don't remember watching it that much. I remember quite enjoying it, but my dad quite liked it, and I think I probably just liked it for that reason. Oh, right. I thought, I thought you were about to say I probably didn't like it for that reason. In a sort of a rebellion kind of way. That was a good, kid. Very good. All right. So, a step up from last week. Yes, definitely. Possibly because this is one of the first programmes in this series to be filmed, although it was broadcast later on in the series, so can they hadn't run out of their ideas yet, as we suspected oh, they might have see, done yeah. uh, as time ago. Although there was a bit of filler going so on So did here. you think they, they mixed them up a bit so that the, the stronger ones are peppered throughout the whole series? Yes, I think so. Mm-hmm. I think so. 
Um, I think that's probably what was happening. So, uh, will we? Uh, are you going to carry on on these highways and byways? Yes. Okay. Well, anything more to be said? No. Well, if there's nothing more to be said, and all that remains to be said is join us next time. We'll once again introduce the Python of the Missing. Bye. Bye.